folks, my name is Girish Bally, the host for Back to Basics, another Back to Basics for another week. We are going to be talking to Nicholas today. Nicholas is a person that I met just a few minutes ago, actually. But <laughs> we met online uh, through a, a website, and it's amazing how he's gone through... Well, you know what? How about this? How about if we bring him on the show and we'll talk about the details about this whole entire show and i'm very excited about it that's why i don't want to say anything so nicholas how are you and thanks for coming to uh, back to basics i'm doing fantastic I i'm honored to be here this is really exciting and that's right we met online and that's the beauty of the internet bringing people together yeah through technology it's awesome yes absolutely absolutely so before we get into the details of what we're going to talk about uh what does back to basic mean to you back to basics means to me is uh not overcomplicating things. I think uh, in today's age, there's a tendency for us to overthink. There's so many options with option overload. Uh, we can choose to do anything at any time and we can be distracted by anything at any time. So it's uh, healthy and smart to take a step back, hmm. reflect on things and figure out if we can simplify things. I think something else that I've uh, learned recently that essentialism is a skill. Hmm. right? Like taking all of the things in our lives and examining them in a way to say, are all of these things beneficial? Are all of these things a priority? Do all of these things deserve my time? Hmm. And most of the time, it's not, right? Hmm. We can actually say, I'm spending so much time doing not the wrong thing, but maybe not the most important thing. Yeah. So taking it back to the basics is focusing on what is most important to us right now what's the most important next step yeah thank you again uh, nicholas for answering that simple question that i ask every every guest of mine so thank you again for that and i asked you this question the same question online and the answer that i got from you is if you don't mind can i read that uh, line for you uh, from what you said you've said absolutely locking in on what you know to be true mm. that's quite profound so thank you again for answering that question too at the same time so, yeah. so you know, I was reading your profile and you, you said that you lived in a car for, for three years, paid off 60,000 debt in 11 months and failure in business. And then you went from having a A to Z course on personal finance. And then now I think you're also an actor. So can you please explain all that? <laughs> That's like whole, yeah. it's like one bit in sentence without me uh, breathing. So please explain if you don't mind, uh, if it is okay with you, because I know it's a very hurtful uh, situation, what you've gone through, but people should understand that, it, you know, in hardships, when you go rock bottom, sometimes there must be some trigger and some motivation to get where you are today. So can you explain yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, uh, there it, there came this point of obsession. So I went to college. Uh, I graduated a, a year early with the thought in mind that I don't want to come out of college with so much debt. I knew that I was going to a university that was expensive. I went to a private university at the time. I think it was forty two or forty three thousand dollars a year. I got half of that paid for with scholarships, graduated early, and I still came out with $60,000. I remember looking at the tab my senior year and being like, I can't believe that this is a real number that I'm going to have to deal with. Hmm. And 
uh, that's kind of when the story starts of me trying to think of ways, how can I get rid of this massive amount of debt? And slowly the idea was being tossed out there almost as a joke. Like, what if I moved into a car? You know, what if I just cut out all of my expenses and, and shacked up in a car? And next thing I know, uh, my sibling's dad had a 1986 Chevy Suburban, and he gave me this, this deal. He was like, if you're really going to live in this, I will give you this truck for free if you live in it, which is a crazy proposition, you know, to, to be faced with. And now all of a sudden, this became a, a real thing for me. So, uh my brother and I, we turned it into this makeshift camper converter. Nothing like what you see on Instagram, just, <laughs> just bare bones. And when I say bare bones, I mean, we try to put in the swivel chair in the driver's seat so I could turn around and hang out with people as, uh, as pe if people wanted to visit while I live in the car. And we welded this massive hole in the bottom of it that we could not fix. And it just shot hot air up while you would drive and it would let all the cold air in when uh, you were trying to sleep and that was that was the journey there from uh from paying it off making a course and then acting has always been something that i've really been drawn to so there's a quick synopsis of where it began sure Maybe sure we'll yeah from there. so this is more of a challenge than than living in a car for three years is that is that what it is it was uh it was <laughs> It was an incredible challenge in the fact that uh, I didn't know this until I was about six months into living in the in the suburban. Mm. My family was placing bets on how long they thought I would last. Mm. And the longest one was 30 days. Mm. And uh, it was a challenge. Um, I think some of the biggest challenges uh, that are notable are, uh, one, finding a safe place to sleep every night was uh tiresome and also i was staying in an area that wasn't all that great hmm. uh, the next thing was i was suffering from malnutrition hmm. because i was eating so little to save on expenses so i could put it toward my debt hmm. and then finally i worked for the department of defense and they did not like the fact that i live in my my car and they launched an investigation uh against me with the with the intention of saying we think this guy is a bum stealing from the government and they audited everything i had ever done and it was a, a really trying time <laughs> for sure yeah of course of course so let me let me ask you this now now we've gone through that journey of uh living in the car for three years okay but the the 60k that you you had your student loan on have you not mm -hmm. thought of paying it off with, let's say, three or four credit cards or maybe just buy a house and put it into a mortgage so then you can live better? Don't you think that would be logical? Well, I mean, what was going yeah. through that mind of yours when when that was there a thought on like that or was there a plan like that? You know, I I was pretty green to the finance world. I mean, I also took uh, 60000 out with... I, w I was at the age where I don't think I understood how much money that really was. And um, yeah, I think there would have been a lot of better ways, or maybe better is not the right word. There's not a lot of alternative ways that could have had the same results. But the only thing I knew at the time was work hard and pay it off. Sure. And I, that's what I did, 60 to 80 hour uh, weeks. But I do think 
now that I've like studied personal finance and that I've learned uh, more about it, I am not against putting debt on a 0% APR credit card. If you have the promise to our, you know, ourselves that we're actually going to pay it off. Mm. I think uh, sometimes debt consolidation feels, or like even transferring it to a 0% APR feels like, oh yeah, I did something great, but it's like, you still have all that debt that you have to pay back. Now it's just in a different place. Of course. Of so course. it's definitely, definitely would have been a good option for sure. The reason why I'm asking is because I've, I've noticed in the last couple of years that schools are forcing kids in ninth grade to take personal finance because then they should know that when you're going to be a bankrupt or when you're going to go and make money, or if mm -hmm. you get a hundred dollars, you're not spending $200. Does that make sense? So it's, mm -hmm. it, I, I guess at, at your time and my time, I guess the, the system was kind of broken that we were not taught from school. I think life has kind of taught us that. Don't you think mm -hmm. you would have taken benefits out of that? Or now you're taking extra courses just to learn personal finance. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I 100% I agree with you. I think personal finance needs to be taught in our education system a lot earlier than it is. Because when you think about it, like even in investing beyond like living below your means, you know, it's the, the, the crux of it all living below your means, so you can have some money left over. But even investing, like the power of compound growth, if we had high school kids that were able to have their parents open a custodial IRA for them, or even a Roth IRA, as soon as they turned 18, that time is so precious to start investing. Hmm. And I mean, I'm grateful in my story, you know, that I had this terrible experience that was like forcing me to learn, but there's many of us that never do, right. that never grasp compound growth or grasp the importance of getting in the market early. So I 100% agree that our education system, uh, there would be a lot more well-off people if these things were taught in school. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. So what what are the three quick things, if you can just uh, guide us or guide uh, the youngsters nowadays that what they should be looking for? Uh, obviously, they are already having personal finance from school, but they might be something else that they're missing and that you have gone through. Can you guide uh, any of us with three major points that you should be looking out for or what plannings you should do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the three big things are, of course, live below your means. Like I said, uh, the second thing would be invest early and often. I don't think $5 is a insignificant amount. If you have extra money, be sure to throw it into your investments. And the last thing I would say is check out index funds, low expense index funds. And the reason I would say, or an index fund that follows the S&P 500 and the reason I would say that over any other investment um, is, of course, you can have tax breaks depending on what account it is. But uh, over all of the history of the S&P 500, the annualized rate of return has been around 10.5% year over year. And that's just incredible. You know, you can't beat that. And the difference between an index fund and the mutual funds um, outside of they're both typically performing better than single stock investments is that index funds are passively managed. So unlike a mutual fund where there's somebody in there making the decisions for us, you can cut a big expense by going into an index fund where it's automatically gonna invest to follow an index. And those low fees and those low ratios 
or what is what's going to help give you more gain in the long run. You know, mm -hmm. I think fees are the killer of good investments. So if I was a young person starting over today, I would one budget meticulously. So I ensure that I'm living below my means, you know, tracking all of my expenses every time money comes out or anytime money comes in, I better know both. And then I'd be sure to, uh, um, create an account that's going to give you like a Roth IRA. That's going to give you the tax benefit, especially if you're young, hmm. uh, maxing out a Roth IRA with $6,000 a year hmm. is doable and incredibly valuable in the long run. So hmm. I, I think that was about three. I hope I think that was right, right at the three. Yes. I, I think you are, you are, you are. So let me, let me ask you this. And, and this is, uh, people are asking in many different ways and I'm pretty sure, you know, you're not an expert, but you have some idea uh, so I just want to make make it clear for everybody here that he's not an expert, but he has his own uh, opinions too, and everyone should have their own opinions. So let me ask you this. If mm -hmm. I save money for my kids and have an IRA for the kids or index, as you mentioned, or anything like that, right, that's more of an asset for the kid. Now, for example, if they go to college and, and apply for a loan, they're going to have a loan declined right so it's a catch-22 so should we save or should we not save because of the loans that we're not going to get then interesting um that's a fascinating question i think there's a couple ways to go about it i think investing for our kids is always an important thing whether there's a couple of accounts that you can invest in one uh or there's three different types of accounts you can invest in for your kids. I'm not going to remember all of them off the top of my head. Of course. But one of them um, is mainly just for college funds. Like only the money can be put toward a college fund. Um, another one is uh, it can only be uh, like it can be invested in and only the child can spend it when they turn 18. Hmm. And the last one is we can always just give a gift up to $11 million. Hmm. Um, so what do I think? I also think that the another crux to to lie on is try not to take out loans. I think that's been the biggest fault of my personal finance uh, career is had I been smarter and wiser going into college, knowing that there are alternative options outside of getting a loan, um, I think I would have been better off two or three years better off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that I know uh, that, that they just paid off uh, their student loan after 20 years. Uh, oh. There there has been people that they paid off in three years. There has been uh, people who have been paid off in 10 years. So I, I think the reason why I say that and, and different, there are different, different ones, right, is because I guess spend more, uh, live better and easier life. I mean, I, it all depends on what your needs are and your wants are, right? If if you want to, if, if you are stuck in a certain monthly uh, every year, then I think mm -hmm. uh, paying off would be a little tough. But then I think if you spend less and have no monthlies, then you can pay off easily, right? Yeah. The lower we can make our expenses, the, the easier all of our obligations become. Um, and I, I think there's some something that's getting lost is delayed gratification in our current age of and it could just be the technology that we consume mm. we love instant gratification sure but as soon as we are able to differentiate 
of course, the wants and the needs, what's actually a luxury and what's actually necessary, mm. uh, things become a lot easier. And in my case, uh, I, th I think now, in retrospect, it's probably too extreme for most, but I prove to myself what I think is a necessity and what actually is were two very different things. I started viewing sleeping inside no longer as like a necessity but like this is amazing when i get to of course and i think after i moved out of uh the burb i've been able to hold on to that not essentially minimalism but the mindset that to have a fulfilling life i don't need to buy everything that i want of course and i think that's helped of course yeah so nicholas thank you again for that now now that you understand the the personal finance course so what are you doing nowadays and then let's get into acting if you don't mind so what type of acting have you gone into or filmmaking explain that if you don't mind absolutely yeah um i've done a handful of things i've been in a few short films i've made a few short films and the most consistent work that i get is in digital ads and uh commercials uh, I've found that for me, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to approach the film industry, but for me, every set that I'm on where I'm acting, there's only so much control that I can have over the set. And I'm a person that loves creative control. So what I realized is if I'm able to take my own script and get my own friends that we all have our own equipment, we come together and we make a short film. There's much more power in that than as an actor, and maybe my, the actors listening can relate to this, of auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. Maybe you get the part, sometimes you do, and if you get the part, you can't guarantee that the set you're going on is going to be a healthy, fun set. There's times where it's it's not, some, there's times where the leadership is poor, um, and I think that's been the biggest lesson for me as an actor and as a filmmaker is make your own films, make your own content. It's the best way to hone your craft. And it's the best way to gain, um, to legitimize. I don't think that's a real word to make your, make yourself more established in the industry. Of course, of course, uh, we, we can make any word in this, in this show. Uh, I, I've made plenty of words, which makes zero sense. And, and people, they said, okay, we're adapting that uh, word. So no Let's issues. Add that one to the dictionary. It's called Webster. Uh, thank you. So is there any movies or short movies that uh, that you can name that you have been uh, part of that we can uh, take a look at? Um, yes. I think one that's going to be coming out in the next few, two months-ish is Vintage. It's one that I made for myself and uh, I'm happy to shoot you the link. It's about uh, this guy who is moving out of, or moving into his apartment and he's going through his boxes and he opens up this box that's full of memories, his uh, sentimental things. And he listens to this song on his old iPod and it gives him a flashback to the time that he was <laughs> unfortunately rejected by his crush. Um, and it's, it's a comedy, it's a short film comedy, but that's one that would be a, be one to look out for. Do you have any, Skin in the game in the acting world, in the entertainment world? No, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, Nicholas, uh, if I'm going to say this is the audition for, for me to be on your show, 
<laughs> do let me know because uh i i have uh, done a lot of stage shows uh when it comes to dancing and performing uh back in my young days uh so that stage shows are very common for me and uh, there's no surprise there and people they for many many years in in new jersey people know me uh when it comes to that uh and i've done radio jockey back in my days so uh, obviously now I have a podcast, uh, so uh, if this is my audition, here's my audition. <laughs> Yo, I'll send, maybe I'll send you a script after this. We'll absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you That's so awesome. much. So Nicholas, uh, before you leave uh, Back to Basics, uh, explain to us how was your journey on Back to Basics and any last words that you have for anyone uh, regarding your journey. What a great question. My journey of back to basics is a never ending pursuit, honestly. And I think something that I've learned and taken with me is that experimentation is a good thing. And for example, I'll give you an example. This may not be the best example of the world, but it's the one I got ready. Um, I've always been curious and fascinated by how in different points of the day, we are at different productivity levels. And for some people, they get sluggish in the afternoon and other people, they're high, highly productive in the morning, all that, all that sort of deal. And I've tried all these different sleep cycles. I've tried the dual sleep cycle. I've tried, you know, waking up extra early, like they say, and I've tried waking up, you know, at the right time. And what I found is had I stuck with one that I thought was going to be the best without trying anything else, I would have never have learned what my true product productive hours were. Hmm. And the point that I'm making is that if you don't try, if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't do things that are scary, if you don't experiment with what you believe to be the best thing, uh, it's going to be really hard to grow. Uh, and the other thing that I would like to say to the audience is, uh, no matter where you're feeling or how you're feeling or where you're at, know that you're loved, know that you do have a purpose in this world and that your life has value. Uh, I think there's times where the rubber hits the road, things are tough. We don't, we don't feel our best and, uh, we feed ourselves lies that we're not enough or we're not valued enough or nobody cares, but that's not true. Uh, so hold on to hope, do big things, do things that scare you and change the world. Of course, of course. Yeah, Nicholas, thank you again for coming on the show and uh, making this brighter uh, for me and supporting this small podcast of mine. And, uh, you know, it's it's great that you're here and uh, learned a lot of things from me, I'll tell you that. So thank you again. I hope others will uh, learn the same way as I did. I'm, I'm grateful that you uh, allowed me to come on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Thank you again, Nicholas, for coming on here, and hopefully you'll come back again. So thank you again. Anytime, anytime. So guys, we spoke with Nicholas today, and we talked about the basics of life, actually. We talked about the hardships of what he has gone through. He's talked about the financials of what we should do from his point of view. And it's always good to learn from one another. He's not an expert on finance, but he's one thing that from his hardship, he's telling you his experiences. We should learn from other people's experiences for sure. As usual, as always, there's a quote for the day uh, from Back to Basics, and hopefully Nicholas will uh, like that. And the quote of the day is, Beware of little expenses. A small leak 
will sink a great ship. Who's a ship? I think you are. Where is a leak? You figure that out of where the leak is. And that's your success. Just keep on going. That's all we want. As usual, as always, what do we always say at the end of the episode? Everything in life goes back to basics, and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care. God bless. Keep on commenting as much as you can on every episode of mine because your comment is so important for me for positive and negative either way it'll make make my show stronger and there are three things makes this show a successful the content the guest and definitely the host guys take care god bless and i will see you next week next week's episode on back to basics um you know relief from the things that bother them uh, by doing it, working on it themselves, or um, working on it in groups, hmm. facilitate conversations with groups. Hmm. So uh, I have been exploring by myself and with colleagues and with friends, a lot of different ways in which we can do it ourselves. And I really like the idea of transmitting that experience to people so that other people can also um, explore you know ways to be more of who they are meant to be yeah 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 thank you again Serge, for uh, explaining that so now now that we did the pause now let's go to the active if you don't mind sure so so now uh, the next question is if a couple walks down the street mm -hmm.